Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Good morning, everybody. My name's Tim Finer. I work here on staff at Refuge, and uh, for Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb, just wanted to send uh, love and greetings uh, from them to you guys. I talked to Pastor Matt this morning, so he is doing well. Um, one quick thing, um, if, if you guys were here last week, uh, we announced that we needed a new furnace. One of our furnaces uh, broke down that heats all our offices out in the lobby area, and, and uh, just want to let you know that people in the church responded to that need, and we had more than enough that came in to cover to buy a brand new furnace. So I just want to, uh, Pastor Matt and, and myself want to just send our uh, thanks and appreciation for that. Um, it was cold this week, let me tell you. It was 60 degrees in my office, I was freezing, so thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. But uh, no, um, in this uh, week's of lessons, um, what we're talking about is what the Bible says, dot, 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 and fill in the blank. Um, last week, Pastor Matt had talked about what the Bible says about gifts of the Spirit. So this week, we are going to talk about what the Bible says about healing. So before we get started, why don't we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for Jesus, for the redemption that he has purchased for us, Father God. We come before you right now, and we ask for your presence here today. We ask for your Holy Spirit. We ask uh, that that the Word of God would be taught with, with clarity, Father God. I ask, Father God, that, that you give me the grace to step into the, this calling that you have called me to. Father God, that you would stretch forth your hand to heal today, Father God. I ask, Father God, that every single person here, that you would give them eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that are receptive to your Word, Father God. And we praise you, we give you all the glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as I said, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about healing. And it's a good thing that it's not called all the Bible says about healing, or we'd be here a very long time. So, what we're going to do is we're going to summarize it in the most important things that you need to know about healing. And so, I think every single person in this room has some way, somehow, has been affected, been affected by sickness or disease whether we've had a loved one uh, that has been diagnosed with cancer or a terminal illness, or we ourselves, maybe you yourselves are sitting here right now, and you've been given a diagnosis from, from, the, from a doctor that you have cancer or a terminal illness. Or, as you know, what's going on in the world today, a pandemic is happening throughout this, this uh, nation and the world uh, with COVID. And so sickness and disease has been running rampant in our country and in the world. And so we need to look at what the Scripture has to say about this subject, about sickness and about divine healing. And so we're going to talk about the most important things you need to know about healing. And the number one thing that you need to know about healing is that it is God's will to heal. Healing is God's will. And I believe that that is probably the number one roadblock and stumbling block for people in receiving healing is because they don't know that it is God's will to heal them. And so, the Word of God is the will of God. So, what this book says, the written Word of God is the will of God. If you want to know what the will of God concerning sickness and disease is, then you have to go to what the Bible says. Not what some, uh, the church that you may have belonged to growing up that, that, that taught that, uh, well, maybe it's God's will, maybe it's not. Or it's not some church creed or doctrine, but what the Bible says about healing. Okay? And so the Word of God reveals the will of God. The will of God is inseparable from the Word of God. And so we want to look to see what the Bible says, and particularly 
the New Testament. So if you have your Bibles or a mobile device, let's look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. We're going to look at the ministry of Jesus. Verse 23 says, And he, talking about Jesus, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching or proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And proclaiming means preaching. Preaching means proclaiming. You can use both words interchangeably. Um, Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. So notice Jesus' ministry consisted of three things, teaching, preaching, and healing. Those were the works of Jesus, teaching, preaching, and healing. And notice that the healing came after the teaching and the preaching, okay? Now, I want to draw your attention here, though. He healed every disease and every sickness in all the people. So every and all Jesus healed. Every type of sickness, every type of disease, in every single person that came to him in faith, he healed them all. So the Word of God reveals the will of God, but Jesus is the Word made flesh, Jesus, then, is the will of God in action. If you want to know how Jesus thinks of healing and sickness, you look to him, how he acted on this earth, what he did. Jesus is the will of God in action. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So, in John chapter 14, the disciples, they come to Jesus, and they ask him a question, and particularly Philip. Philip asks him, show us the Father. And Jesus responded, have I been so long with you that you don't know who the Father is? And he said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. In verse 10, he says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, in other words, or am I just my own will, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Jesus is the full expression of the Father. So you cannot separate the Trinity. Even when Jesus walked this earth, he walked as a human being, but you could not separate the union of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when you saw Jesus act, you saw the very heart of the Father being expressed in this earth. Jesus, again, is the will of God in action. And in, in John chapter 8, verse 28 through 29, Jesus said, to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but I speak as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please the Father. And you could say, I always do the works that please the Father. Healing is pleasing to the Father. Healing the sick is pleasing to Jesus. It doesn't please God for His people to be sick with disease. It doesn't please God for us to be sick with the flu or cold or COVID. It pleases God to stretch forth His hand to heal. I think one one case in the, in, in the Bible, shows that healing is the very heart of God and that it is His will, 
is the story of the leper that came to Jesus. And that's recorded in Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapter 1, and Luke chapter 6. And it said, this, this leper who came to Jesus, he said, if it be your will, you can make me clean. See, the leper, the man, didn't question God's ability to heal. He knew God was able. He questioned his willingness to heal. Immediately, Jesus, the Bible says, moved with compassion, stretched forth his hand and touched the leper and said, I will be cleaned. Jesus revealed that it was his will to heal. Now, Jesus does not change. God does not change. The Bible says he's immutable. In, 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 in Malachi 3.6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. In, in Hebrews chapter 13, um, verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed 2,000 years ago, he will heal now. He will heal you now if you're sick in your seat. Healing power is available to you right now. The presence of God, I'm here to tell you right now, today, is in this building to heal you. He is compassionate. He is merciful. See, Jesus moved with compassion. His mercy does not change. He is still merciful. Does his mercy change? Does his love change? If he moved with compassion 2,000 years ago, he will move with compassion now. So that's the number one thing that you need to know is that it is God's will to heal. The second most important thing that you need to know is where sickness comes from. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing some people. What does it say? All, all people who were oppressed by the devil. So every sickness, every disease, and all the people that we just read about in Matthew chapter 4, he healed them all. And Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, who were oppressed by the devil. So where does sickness come from? It doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil. Sickness and disease is satanic oppression. And he came to set free those who were sick and afflicted. He set them free. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and Jesus is, 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 is preaching this, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The King James, New King James says, He has sent me to heal. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Sickness and disease is a bondage. It's not a blessing. God doesn't bless His people with sickness and disease. It's a bondage. It holds people captive. It, hold, it chains people to a hospital beds. He came to set the captives free, not only spiritually, but physically as well. We see in Luke chapter 13, a woman who was bound over by a spirit of infirmity or a disabling spirit. And Jesus said, how can, I, how can this woman be bound whom Satan has bound for 18 years and not be loosed on the Sabbath day? Satan was the one who inflicted that woman. Jesus brought 
the healing. Sickness is part of the curse, the curse of the broken law of God. Galatians 3.13 says um, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. And if you read the Old Testament, particularly Deuteronomy chapter 28, you will find out that the curse of the law consisted of three different things. The first of all, it consisted of spiritual death, being cursed and separated and apart from God. Number two, it consisted of, of poverty in every form. And number three, it, consi- it consisted of sickness and disease. Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of sickness. Sickness and disease is a part of this fallen world. It came here because of Adam's sin. Uh, there's a, a, a quote um, by John Alexander Dowie, and if you don't know who John Alexander Dowie was, he was a, a, a minister who ministered in the area of healing at the turn of the 20th century. He was from uh, New Zealand, and actually he founded the city in Illinois called Zion. Zion, Illinois was founded by, uh, by John Alexander Dowie. He makes this statement. Sickness is the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother's sin. That's where sickness came from. When you know that it's God's will to heal, and you know where, where sickness comes from, then we can never blame God for sickness or disease. I know that sometimes it's tough. You may have had a loved one that has passed away, that you were believing God for healing, and there's, and there's questions. Or maybe, maybe a loved one that, that you have was, 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 was born with, with, um, with a condition, and you have question. But we can never question God's willingness to heal. Don't blame God. There may be reasons that we don't know about. That's only between that person and God. But we can never question God. We can never question His love and mercy and His willingness to heal. Don't blame God. Now, the third thing that you need to know about what the Bible says about healing are different ways people are healed. And actually, we're going to go through these uh, fairly quickly. Uh, what we're doing on Wednesday nights, uh, Pastor Matt had talked about this uh, last week, we're going deeper on Wednesday nights, and we're taking what we talk about on Sunday mornings, and we're going to go a little bit deeper on Wednesday nights and talk about uh, further of what was discussed on, on Wednesday. So Wednesday night in the green room, you're more than welcome to come. We're going to continue talking about these things on divine healing. And I also want to mention this. We have a, also have a small group on Wednesday on the subject of healing, um, and, that was, and that's taught by Joan Grunwald. Um, and if you're interested in either one of those two uh, small groups, you can go on our website at wearerefuge.net forward slash small groups, and you can look those up. Uh, but we're just going to look real quickly at the methods of healing. So number one, people are healed through the use of the name of Jesus. And I'm just going to give you a scripture reference, and you can look these up later. Acts chapter 3, 1 through 16, that's about the, the man who was at the, the gate called Beautiful. Uh, then healing through the laying on of hands. And Pastor Matt read this verse last week in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18, where those who believe laid hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So we're all called to lay hands on the sick. It didn't say if the apostles laid hands on the sick. It didn't say some evangelists, if they lay hands on the sick. It said those who believe. Are you a believer? Have you accepted Jesus in your heart and have faith in Him? 
then you are a believer and you can lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover. I remember um, uh, a, uh, a few years ago, um, and actually my dad, I had forgotten about it. My dad had reminded me when I had visited him uh, this uh, last summer, um, but he was going, uh, there were some issues going on, and, and he had an aneurysm in, in his brain that the, that the doctors had, had, had found. And he found it out that week of before he was uh, to do a wedding uh, for my, um, he was officiating a wedding for my nephew. And so that was all in his mind and then dealing with the, the bad report from the doctor. So in the basement of that little chapel where the wedding was performed, I laid my hands on him. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any power. Or I just simple faith laid my hands on him, acted on this verse, prayed for him, and that was it. That week, he went back to the doctor, and there was nothing there. They couldn't find any trace of an aneurysm. Those who lay hands on the sick shall recover. You can do the same thing. So then we see the anointing of oil in mentioned in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. We see handkerchiefs and aprons uh, that were taken from the Apostle Paul. That verse says that God was doing extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul that from him, from him were taken handkerchiefs or aprons, claws from his skin, and it says that it was laid upon those who were sick, and it healed them. And if they had any evil spirits that were causing the sickness and disease, it was, they were driven from those people. So we see healing through the use of claws, handkerchiefs and aprons. And um, then we have gifts of healings. And Pastor Matt briefly talked about this last week. And we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And then we see it being used in the ministry of Jesus in John chapter 5, verse 15. And gifts of healings is a supernatural act of God to impart healing and to drive out sickness and disease out of a person's body. The gifts of the Spirit is God initiating the healing process. Faith in Him, faith in God's Word is man's uh, initiating the healing process. Okay, so again, Wednesday night we'll talk a little bit more about these. I'm just briefly discussing these. And then uh, another method is the prayer of faith. Mentioned in James chapter 5, verse 16, and Mark eleven twenty-four. And then another method is just simply knowing that healing belongs to you. There's a story of, a, of another minister, John G. Lake. He knew who he was in Christ. And he was a, he was a missionary to the continent of Africa at, at, in, the, in the 1900s, early 1920s. And he had such a revelation of who God was and, who, and his rights and the greater one that was on the inside of him. He was ministering in a hospital in Africa to those who were infected with a bubonic plague. And he told the scientists and the doctors, you go ahead and you put the, take some of the froth and saliva from a person who was infected by that disease. You put that in my hand, and then you take my hand and you put that under a microscope. And he, they did. They warned him not to. They, they begged him not to, but he insisted. They took that froth from that, from that man's mouth that was infected with, with the plague, put it in his hand, put the hand under the microscope, and they literally saw that plague die in his hand. He had such a revelation of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that was on the inside of him. And it killed that plague. It's simply knowing what belongs to you. Healing belongs to every child of God. Now, in the four Gospels, there are 19 different cases of miracles of healing mentioned, 19 cases. And I think every question 
about sickness and disease, every question about healing can be answered by looking at these 19 different cases in the ministry of Jesus. And uh, we're not going to take the time to look at all 19 cases, but we're just going to look at one. And that's in, Ma- in, in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, with the woman with the issue of blood. And so this woman had this issue of blood for 12 years. The Bible says that she spent all her money on doctors and physicians. She didn't get any better, but she grew worse. And in that time period in history, if you had a flow of blood, an issue of blood, you were an outcast in society. You were considered unclean, and you had to live outside of the city, separate. And so she was considered unclean. And the Bible says when she heard the reports of Jesus, she heard about Jesus, and she came in the press the throng that was, uh, that was the crowd of people that was around Jesus came in, into that press and she spoke with her mouth and said, if I uh, but touch his clothes, the hem of his garments, I will be healed. She came, she touched Jesus' garments, and Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? The disciples said, you see all these people around you and that are pressing up against you, and you asked who touched me? And he said, someone touched me, and he said, for I sensed that power went out from me. The woman, seeing and trembling, saw what was done, told the truth to, to, to Jesus. And Jesus responded to her and said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. See, the first thing that the woman did is that she heard about Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word. See, we believe as far as we know because faith cannot go beyond actual knowledge. You don't know, you can't have faith for something that you don't know about. How do we get faith for healing? It's through the Word of God, by feeding upon the Word of God, by hearing about the Word of God, by looking at what Jesus says about healing. We must develop our faith. Then she had that faith. And she just, even though she had that faith, she didn't stay where she was. She acted upon that faith. And she came in and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She released her faith. See, we have to put action to our faith. We have to do something. We have to reach out with the hand of faith and grab hold of our healing. Grab hold of what belongs to us. She said, if I touch his clothes, I will be made whole. See, that was her faith speaking. What she said was her faith speaking. What you say, what comes out of your mouth, is your faith speaking. If you talk doubt, if you talk unbelief, if you talk sickness and disease, you will have that manifested in your body. You will have what you say. If you talk your fears, if you talk your worries, your fears will come to reality. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes those things what she says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. But when you begin to say what God says, when you begin to speak the word of God over your situation, your situation will change. Before faith 
can move your mountain, it has to move your mouth. It has to move your mouth. He goes on to say, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You believe that you receive them. When do you believe that you receive them? When you pray. Not after you get it. You believe that you receive them the moment you pray. Then he goes on to say, when you stand praying, forgive. Forgive. If anyone has ought against one another, you forgive. See, unforgiveness and bitterness and walking out of love will short-circuit your faith. And honestly, you open the door to sickness and disease in your life when you're walking in unforgiveness and bitterness towards one another. You open the door. A couple months ago, um, I, was, I was working late um, here at, at, at church, and I got home, and I had uh, my wife, Jennifer, um, had her order a pizza. Um, and then, so when I got home, everything would be ready, and we, we, we can eat. So I get home, the, police, the, the, the pizza delivery guy um, is there, he's up at the door, and Jennifer's paying for the pizza, and I notice his door is open. And so I go inside, and, and all, you know, I just got locked in the door, and our dog just tears, tears through the house, runs out the door, leaps in the guy's car on his driver's seat, and pees all over the driver's seat. You know, so you talk about embarrassing, right? So he's carrying the dog back, and my son Dylan, he's out, out, outside with a bunch of paper towels. He's cleaning the seat. You know, the guy's got to drive the rest of the night in a wet seat. His pants going to have a wet spot. Because why? He opened the door and left it open. You guys see what I'm going with this? Don't open the door to the enemy to let him pee sickness and disease all over you. Shut the door of unforgiveness. Shut the door of, of bitterness. And walk in love with one another. All right. And if you are a pizza delivery guy or a DoorDash guy, make sure you shut the door <laughs> to your car. All right. So she received that healing power. Power went out of Jesus and healed that woman. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. What kind of power was that? It was healing power. And it healed all who were, a, who, who, who were sick. John G. Lake, another minister, he made this statement. He said, he said that, that electricity... Is, 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 is God's power in the natural realm. And that the anointing of God, the power of God, is His power in the spiritual realm. So healing power, very much like electricity, is a tangible substance. It's a heavenly materiality, a tangible substance. So what do I mean by tangible? It is capable of being touched. It's susceptible to the touch. It's transmittable or transferable. It, the, 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 the woman touched the hem of, of Jesus' garment, and power was transmitted, transferred into her. Now, healing power. Men, women have been anointed, have been empowered, have been graced with this gifting to, to minister to the sick. But this healing power is everywhere present. Why? Because God is everywhere present. It's tangible. It's a tangible substance. You can receive of that power right now sitting in your seat. We cannot cut off the source of that power through unbelief, 
through unforgiveness. Faith connects you to that power. Faith in God will connect you to that power. Don't cut that power off by doubt and unbelief. We're remodeling our, our house right now. We're redoing our, our kitchen and uh, been tearing out the, the, the walls and they're plaster walls so they're tough and they're not easy. And so we're uh, using a, a, a skill saw or a reciprocating saw to cut some of that areas out. And I'm cutting and all of a sudden I notice I don't have any power in my bathroom or the hallway. I cut completely severed the wire to, to that electricity. It's a dumb thing to do. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. It's pretty dumb. So that's what a lot of times that we do when it comes to healing. See, the, the, the power source um, in the natural is Wisconsin Public Service, and, and, and they're channeling that power to my house. But if I cut the, the power off, if, if I slice the connection to that power, the lights go out. It's not going to do me any good. So if by doubt and unbelief or unforgiveness or bitterness, God's power is available there to you, but it's not going to do you any good because you're cutting the power source off. Faith will connect you to that power source. Stay connected with faith. Now, the last thing that you need to know is that healing is provided through the redemptive work of the cross. We call it healing in the atonement or the redemptive work of the cross. We believe when Jesus took our sin and paid the price for our complete salvation and redemption, he also paid for healing and freedom from sickness and disease. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5, says this, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And actually... These verses here, if, if you don't know, uh, the Old Testament, these are Old Testament verses. The Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, some places Aramaic, but in this section was written in Hebrew. The Hebrew words for griefs and sorrows there literally mean sickness and pains. So let's read it like that. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds, we are healed. So the same redemptive act that purchased our freedom from sin, it also purchased your freedom from sickness and disease. Verse 10 says, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. Or literally it says, he has made him sick. That's what the Hebrew literally says. He has made him sick. So when was Jesus made sick? It was on the cross when all our sin and shame was placed upon him. He dealt with the root cause of sickness and disease, and that was sin. And he purchased not only your freedom from sin, but your freedom from sickness. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, that evening they brought to him, Jesus, many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill 
what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, which we just read. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. He took them. So if he took them, then why are you carrying them? He took them for you. He carried them. Um, that Hebrew word in, in Isaiah chapter 53 is the, is the Hebrew word N-A-S-A, NASA. And so you're familiar with the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, but that acronym literally comes from that Hebrew word NASA. And it means to take to bear, to lift up out of sight, to take away or to carry off. That's what Jesus did. He took them from you, lifted them off of you at the cross. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we may die that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds you have been healed you have been healed if you have been then you're healed now Jesus, in his redemptive act, made a way for your healing now. You have to see yourself healed. You have to believe that you receive healing before you have it in your physical body. You believe that you receive it in your heart. You believe that you receive healing power in your body now to affect a healing and a cure. Jesus made a way with every head bowed and, and every eye closed. If you're sitting here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you see the heart of God, you see His compassion. You may be sitting there like the woman with the issue of blood and you feel like an outcast. Without God, we are all unclean. Why? Because we have the stain of sin in our hearts. And the greatest disease in human history is the disease of sin. In Jeremiah chapter 17, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things. It is desperately sick. And first and foremost, God is interested in your heart, in your redemption, in your salvation. So like, like the woman with the issue of blood, we're all unclean. We all have the stain of sin upon our hearts. And the only way to remove it is with the hand of faith that grabs hold of the grace of Christ. See, when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, she was made whole. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. He didn't call her an outcast or an unclean person. He called her daughter. That's what he wants to call you today. He wants to call you son. He wants to call you daughter. In, in Luke's account of the story, Jesus said, somebody's touched me. Somebody's touched me. See, before she was a nobody. Jesus takes nobodies and turns them into somebodies. So if you're sitting there today and you want Jesus, you want that change in your life, 
I ask you to lift up your hand right now if you want to accept Jesus into your life. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. I, I see that hand. You can put them down. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you now. I thank you for Jesus. I believe that he went to the cross, died for my sin, died for my shame, took my place, paid the price that was against me. I believe that he died and I believe that he rose again and I ask you to make me a new person on the inside. Come inside me, Lord. Fill me with your presence and I will follow you all the days of my life. Amen. At this time, we are going to, it's Communion Sunday, we're going to partake of communion. See, you can receive healing in your physical body as we partake in communion. Because we are looking back upon what Christ has done for us on the cross. And it was on the cross that he not only purchased our redemption, but he purchased our healing. So as we partake in communion, you can release your faith and connect to that tangible substance of the healing power of God that is present in this room right now. The healing power of God is present in this room. If you're at home watching the live cast on of on this on from from YouTube just go in your kitchen if you got a piece of bread or if you got some juice we welcome you to join in communion with us 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23 through 31 says for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. See, his body was broken. By his wounds, we are healed. Spirit, soul, and body. Healing is available. So Jesus, Father, we thank you for the broken body of Christ. We thank you, Father God, that he bore our sin, that he bore our shame, that the, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So right now, as we partake of this bread, we ask for healing. We ask for the healing power of God to be administered to our bodies, to, be, to affect a healing and a cure and to drive out sickness and disease because of the redemption that we have in Christ. You may partake of the bread. the same way also he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the blood that flowed from that cross 2,000 years ago on Golgotha's hill. We thank you that that blood speaks of redemption, speaks of righteousness, 
speaks of being free from guilt and shame. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the blood that flowed when he was whipped with the cat of nine tails for the redemption, for the purchase of our healing. And we receive our healing right now. You may partake of the cup. If you would, just stand to your feet. want you to stretch out your hands right now. Stretch your hands out to God in absolute surrender, humility, and faith. And if you're sitting here today and you have any type of sickness or disease, if you've got something attacking your body, the healing power of God is present right now. You receive your healing right now. Receive it into your body. It's a tangible substance. It's a heavenly materiality. It drives out sickness and disease. Receive it now. Just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I accept right now in my body the healing power of God to remove sickness, to remove disease, to remove affliction, in my body right now to affect a healing and a cure in the name of Jesus now just start to thank him for it praise him for it lift your voice and praise him for it act like you have it how do healed people act they begin to rejoice they begin to thank him for it Let's praise him for it. Thank you, Jesus, for healing us. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom, from freedom from sickness and disease. Thank you, Jesus, from, for, for healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just praise God. Let's just enter into his, into his presence as the worship band, as the worship team sings. Thank you, At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.